You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. Cam, I have an interesting story to tell you. Okay, what's uh, what's the story? So I, I checked my junk email just out of curiosity, and I was not disappointed. You know, I, I actually can't imagine how bored you must have been to check your junk email. Did you find any nudes? I declined to answer that, but what I will say is I was not disappointed. I received an email alleging that the sender of said email hacked me back in March and compiled screenshots of everything I do on the internet. Oh, so they uh, they have a cache of memes and porn. What do they want? It's a classic blackmail scam. What's funny, though, is the email is just, you know, overrun with typos and other grammatical errors, and the sender went into great detail about how great they are at what they do. I thought that was weird. How much money do they want? Uh, do they assume you are wealthy and demand some exorbitant amount? No, not at all, but the ransom's still the best part. This criminal mastermind that I was dealing with wanted $757 in Bitcoin. Well, that's an oddly specific amount of money. That's what I thought. And who asked for Bitcoin in an illicit operation like this? Well, did you try to at least haggle them down? I mean, I know how cheap you are. I tried to counteroffer with promises of Bob's and Vagine, but he proved to be a tough nut to crack. What'd you try after that? Dinkin' Bowls? Oh, no, nothing. I just ignored the email and deleted it. Is that the whole story? That That's a worse ending than Game of Thrones. The story had a nice buildup and a happy ending. What else do you want from me? Dude, you're worse at telling stories than I am. Alright, well, there's no need to get nasty. Well, there's no need to waste my time with awful stories either. You know, this isn't you. Why don't you tell me what's really going on? I'd rather not. Come on. You can trust your old friend. <sighs> okay. I got the same email? You're shirting me. And I... I might have paid? Cam. I mean, I I couldn't risk my nudes being spread like wildfire. And $757 in Bitcoin is a small price to pay to keep my hog off the market. Who would even want to pay to see that? Or just want to see it at all? I don't think you thought this through. I've made a huge mistake. Welcome to Make Liberty Great Again, the best damn liberty podcast that you've never heard of. Phil and I will be your guides as we peer into the ridiculous reality of our society and our government. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Make Liberty Great Again. I did not fall for a scam. I was just protecting my goodies. I'm your host, Cam Harless, and with me, as always, is my uniquely intelligent and beautiful co-host, Phil Padilla. Emphasis on the intelligence, seeing as how I didn't fall for a scam. Let's just move past this uh, for the sake of our friendship. Plus, I mean, you're prettier than you are smart. Alright, fair enough. Before we get started, I wanted to say that I'm truly sorry for not having episodes over the past you know, week or so. We had an interview ready to go, but then the audio problem ghouls destroyed my edit. We'll try to schedule a makeup interview soon, uh, but I know you missed us. Well, they missed me, not you so much. Well, I mean, that's that's just a fact. I can't I cannot argue that. Well, I'm glad we can agree. Now, let's move on to making liberty great again. What do you have for us? Can we talk about uh, child molestation? You're just going to throw that out there all casual, like, all right, but I'd rather not, but okay. I mean, I'd rather not, too, but we kind of have to. I know. I know Jeffrey Epstein finally got nabbed by the police for the second time. Do you think this one's going to stick? He got a really sweet deal last time that they caught him. You'd be stupid not to think that there are several elites, <clears throat> Bill Clinton, 
that are caught up in this. Um, from what I've read, Trump and Clinton are buddies with Epstein, or Epstein, however you say it, and could have uh, the whistle blown on them. I mean, having friends in high places, I mean, especially if they're Clintons, uh, makes getting out of stuff pretty easy. The funny thing is that the guy who gave Epstein the previous deal, Alexander Acosta, is Trump's labor secretary. You mean he was Trump's labor secretary? Right, yeah. He, uh, he jumps ship right after Epstein was arrested. So Acosta helped draft the plea and let Epstein plead guilty to state charges of soliciting a single underage victim after federal prosecutors agreed to shelve their case and not prosecute him or his enablers. Previously, he was on the hook for having sex. Raping. Right. Raping. It's not sex or making love when it's with a little girl. Let's, let's just get that out there. Especially if that little girl's a sex slave. But he was on the hook for raping these young girls and Acosta and others let him go. Then, Acosta was appointed to a high position in the federal government. We don't have monsters governing us, no sir. But Epstein came under renewed scrutiny after this horrible deal. Maybe, maybe Acosta should have written the art of the deal. I'm convinced that Trump told him to resign to push him away from the Donald and from his administration. No one wants to be accused of raping little girls or associated with anybody in that circle. You know what's fun about that little deal? Acosta and his cohorts decided that they weren't going to tell the victims about the deal, and it looks like that was a request from Epstein and his lawyers. I hate these people. Oh, I do too. I mean, according to what I was what I was reading, there are dozens of victims. Epstein being a child rapist and someone who facilitates child rape for the elites has been a point of speculation for a long time. The dude has fled from justice for over a decade now. I think that Ben Sassy put it well. He said, quote, Jeffrey Epstein has evaded justice for too long. This child rapist belongs in prison and should not be allowed to post bail and hurt more girls. I mean, I couldn't agree more strongly. This guy is a... God, he's really a piece of garbage. According to the U.S. prosecutors, Epstein made payments to two potential witnesses seeking to influence them in the child sex trafficking case against him late last year. Yep, he definitely did it. I mean, Epstein wired a total of $350,000 to the two individuals. That's amazing. I didn't know that you could Venmo your way out of stealing children and selling them for sex. We live in a clown world, man. Well, according to this indictment, Epstein arranged for girls under the age of 18 to perform nude massages and other sex acts for him in his New York and Florida homes and paid some girls to recruit others from at least 2002 to 2005. It's so gross. Bill Clinton, when Epstein was arrested, decided to put out a statement saying that he did not know about the quote-unquote terrible crimes of Epstein, and only went on four trips on Epstein's plane. One to Europe, one to Asia, and two to Africa. He claims that Secret Service has always been with him and that it was all documented. But... But flight logs from Epstein's private jet in 2015 put Clinton on the plane more than two dozen times. And not always with Secret Service personnel. Well, we know that he's a rapist. The stories of Juanita Broderick and some other victims share too many similarities to be made up whole cloth. Did you find anything about uh, Trump's dealings with Epstein? Aside from Trump saying he knew him for 15 years and said he's a great guy? I mean, we don't have flight logs linking him to the plane like we do with Clinton. I've also read reports that Epstein was banned from one of Trump's establishments for hitting on an underage girl. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I, I just haven't seen as many links with Trump. But, an interesting video from 1992 has emerged. However, he hasn't spoken to him in probably 15 years because he wasn't a fan. 
Now, the anchor narrating that video tried to pick that apart by saying Trump greeted Epstein at Mar-a-Lago and spoke with him a bit. But that's 27 years ago. Let's just be real. There's a very big difference between being cordial at a party and being close personal friends. The anchor and article also tries to make a big point that Trump said something to him in the video that made him, quote, double over with laughter. So I guess that does it. They finally got drumpf. Is that it? God, I knew I didn't watch that video for a reason. That's literally really all the video is. I mean, now let's put on our tinfoil hat for a moment. It's always on. Good. Recently, Michael Heiss from the Libertarian Party Mises Caucus shared a Facebook post which asserted Google photos of Epstein and Clinton have been scrubbed. So I ran the experiment myself, and I couldn't pull up any pictures of them together. So all the pictures that you used to be able to find of them together, they're gone. Now, also to get even more weird, when I typed in Epstein and Bill, there was no recommended search that used to automatically populate. Well, absolutely none of that surprises me. Trafficking minors for sex has been a mainstay conspiracy for politicians for decades. I mean, just look at Lawrence King at the Franklin Credit Union cover-up. I mean, there were a lot of strange occurrences and deaths when that situation came to light in 1988. I mean, they even named George H.W. Bush and other high officials. I read a little bit about that and listened to that last podcast on the left or whatever it's called. Those episodes about that is pretty, pretty crazy stuff. But how much of that do you think is real and how much of that do you think is, you know, tinfoil hat? I mean, there's there's no way to know. I mean, there were certainly some coincidences that were a little too coincidental. Um, but I mean, if this if this case for some reason doesn't shut down and for some reason Epstein talks, it would be absolutely fascinating if we heard some of the same names from the Franklin cover up. You know, the state is bad enough without throwing child rape into the mix. Uh, can can we stop the show now? I'm I'm grossed out. Hashtag me too. But let's at least change the subject. Do you believe in aliens? Not not really. I mean, I'd like to see some evidence that doesn't come from a person who looks like he sweats rehydrated Doritos dust. Well, do you want to know if they exist? I mean, I guess. But I mean, it isn't a priority or anything. What if I told you that we will know in September? I would say that you are trolling. Why would I troll about this? I want to see them aliens. What, what do you plan on doing? I'm going to strap on my AR-15 and run my ass in to see the UFO. I'm going to miss you. Don't worry, I'll be fine. I don't eat crayons because I'm hungry. I eat them because they make me strong and fast. Are you okay? Have you been in that Arizona sun for too long? I said I'm fine. I just want to get in there so I can know the truth. You will absolutely be shot. I don't know what the fudge the government is hiding, but they regularly shoot people for trying to do that. Don't worry. They won't get me. I can outrun their silly human bullets. How? You must have never seen me Naruto run before. They can't get all of us, Cam. They can't get all of us. All of us? How many are going with you? Well, over two million of us have said that they are going or they're interested in going. We, we live in the best timeline. That's why I signed up. I know. I see what you do. I love that the entire world has become a meme. Between this and Bill and Linda, I've been having so much fun on the internet. Me too, and I'm really hoping that the world just continues down this path. Do you think that anyone's actually going to show up to Area 51? I mean, I'm sure there'll be a few, but I doubt anyone's actually dumb enough to run into gunfire for a meme. You never know. Most people seem pretty dumb. I just love that the Air Force is telling people that they're prepared for this to happen. 
and that they are strongly advising against it. Imagine military people taking this seriously. What do you think those meetings are like? Well, to be fair, I imagine they're going to take most threats against a military base pretty seriously. How seriously, though? I can't really say. I know that when I was an MP, we would, you know, routinely drilled for events like active shooters and bomb threats and stuff like that, but I honestly don't know what a drill looks like for something like this. I would assume if anyone shows up at all, the first step would be to shut down entry to the base. After that, I don't think our military has the equipment or technology to deal with Naruto running. I don't think any military in the world could be prepared for that. And after this, we can hit Area 52. That does not exist. Well, that sounds like something someone working for the government would say. I still don't believe in aliens. Here's something you don't see every day. An Asian couple tried to get pregnant via IVF. There are a lot of things that I don't see every day, but this doesn't seem unusual to me. There's a twist. They're claiming there was a mix-up at the fertility clinic that left them with the wrong children. And what evidence do they have to support their claim? I'll give you a hint from their lawsuit. They were expecting twin Asian girls, but that is not what they got. The babies that were born were not of Asian descent, and they were definitely not girls. Whether they were white babies or black babies, I just don't know. Well, we know they're not Asian, that's for sure. Can you even imagine getting married, having some trouble getting pregnant, going to a fertility clinic, and then finally getting pregnant? Just to have two babies that aren't even the same race as you or your wife? I'm having a hard time imagining how that would feel at all. But here's another little fun fact. The lawsuit also says DNA tests confirmed the children were not related to the couple and they relinquished custody. That's the part of the story that interests me. I'll be honest, it never crossed my mind in the past that there would be a situation where someone would accidentally have babies that weren't theirs. It's led me to some fun libertarian questions. As I am the arbiter of all libertarian theory and knowledge, ask away, my young apprentice. So, the couple definitely had a contract with a fertility clinic, but they definitely didn't have a contract with the people whose genes she carried to birth. I'm, I'm curious if the fertility clinic has an uh-oh clause, but I think that there's a debate in this situation, and I want to know what you think. I am well versed in all manner of logic and reason, and certainly can ascertain the proper answer. <laughs> well, first, I want to say in the beginning that human beings are unownable outside of self-ownership. No parent owns their children. They are simply stewards of their children and their health and growth until they assume responsibility and ownership of themselves. But here's my question. Who has the rightful stewardship of these particular children, and how is that stewardship determined? I mean, using the situation as an example, let's assume that both sets of parents want the children. That is an interesting question for libertarianism to answer. And really, it would be better if we Rothbarded it. But I'll think this through with you. Let's give it a shot. Right. Uh, since libertarianism is based around the non-aggression principle and property rights, I think we should probably start there. I'm not comfortable at all saying that children are property. But I think that a conversation on how something like this would work with property is the way to start the conversation since some of those principles likely apply. Agreed. And I don't think that we'll necessarily find a hard and fast answer, but I think that there are some considerations that we could work with. For starters, the state already determined that the rightful parents to the children are those who are genetically the parents. So let's start there. 
The argument would be that parenthood slash stewardship automatically belongs to those whose sperm and eggs created the baby. If I'm being honest, the argument kind of reminds me of intellectual property. The point being that the originator and the creator is the sole owner of the product. In this case, two babies. That makes a lot of sense to me. This has been how parenthood has been determined by default for, you know, all of human history. Parenthood begins with you know, two people mix their genes together to create a new human being, and then the mother carries the baby to term. This case is especially odd since the mother did not actually carry these babies to term, but a third party did. That third party believed that she was carrying her own genetic children rather than someone else's. Yeah, it wasn't like the genetic parents donated their sperm and eggs so that someone else could have a baby. They specifically relinquished custody of their genetic material to the fertility clinic, so that an embryo could grow and then be implanted into the genetic mother at a later date. Then, the fertility clinic implanted that embryo in the wrong patient. I know that there's a lot of argument in the big tent of libertarianism about whether or not intellectual property exists. My understanding of that argument is that information is infinite. It comes down to ideas, thoughts, images, and even sound waves. It's infinite because it can all be copied and disseminated without actually destroying or even changing the original item at all. Certainly, since a human is a person and by nature of humanity is not something that can be copied, I would say that the supply is actually very low and this would take it out of the realm of ideas that IP inhabits. Yeah, I mean the reason that it reminded me of intellectual property at all is one of the arguments that I make when speaking of IP is that it's my hardware that contains the so-called intellectual property. I'm not stealing the original, I'm not taking it out of someone's safe, and it's not anyone else's place to tell me what I can or can't do with my hardware. And I feel like that goes doubly so with my body. I can kind of see that. The only problem is that there isn't an infinite amount of identical babies to go around in this situation. These are single human lives that were housed in the wrong area. Right. I mean, this brings me to another property ownership principle. If this were land or an, another inanimate object, the theory of homesteading would apply. The idea that someone can't come upon a tract of land and just say that it's theirs and then walk away. The person who inhabits the land, makes use of it via farming, developing, etc., is the owner due to homesteading. There is the principle that, outside of contract, that what one works on and cultivates is his own. So if I homestead or buy land or resources and use my time, energy, body, and labor to create something, that creation belongs to me. So let's say that there is a tract of land that someone at one point owned and used. Then they abandon the property and no longer intended to use it. Would someone who comes across that land and homesteads it be the proper owner at that point? Or would the original owner who abandoned that property have a right to regain that property at a later date? That's a good question. Practically... If you abandon something, it's been abandoned. It's then ripe for homesteading. One thing I know about IVF is that when the genetic materials are collected and embryos are gestated previous to implantation, there are always more created than are used. Over half of all embryos created for IVF are actually thrown away. Uh, now, I read a report that since 1991, 1 1.7 million embryos have been thrown away. 235,480 successful implantations have occurred, 840,000 were put into storage, and more than 2,000 were stored for donation, and 5,900 were set aside for scientific research. Holy hell. I've heard of embryo adoption in the past, 
There are some pro-life people out there that care so deeply about every single embryo that they went and they adopted these embryos and gave birth to them in order to give them a life instead of having them thrown away. So this makes me wonder if these specific embryos were embryos that were stored and had been abandoned by their genetic parents. I mean, setting aside either side's personal desire to keep the children, is there not some room to make the case that the birth mother, rather than the genetic mother, whose own genetics, blood, etc., passed through these children's bodies for nine months, I mean, that they have some claim as the mother put time, her body, in labor through producing these children? I think that that's, you know, more than a fair argument to make. I'll be honest with you. I don't have an answer to this question. I mean, it's deeply complicated. I think that there's a lot of discussion to be had in this weird sort of situation. I agree, and so let's just leave it there. Maybe our dear listeners have a point of view and want to weigh in. Yeah, what do you guys think? What makes a parent? What determines who is the proper steward for a child? Is it genetic? Is it gestation and labor? Is it quote-unquote homesteading? Let us know. I don't even know if this is an idea worth debating, but it's definitely interesting. I do think I need a beer now, though. (laughs) Well, here's a headline that I know you'll love. Lay it on me. To end fat phobia, we need to dismantle Western civilization, says Philly therapist Sonali Rashidwar. Are are you are you still there? I'm here. I'm uh I'm just trying to process what just happened. Here's a little backstory from the article. She's 31 and was in an abusive relationship in her early 20s. After college, she started volunteering for a domestic violence response team. That's where she found her passion to work with people who have lived through trauma. You know, I'm I'm sorry that she had it rough. You know, absolutely, but I'm not quite sure where Western civilization falls into her troubles. Just wait. We'll get to that. So Rashitwar has said, quote, All of my work is to better understand what I've experienced. And it's almost like I'm healing younger versions of myself by trying to find language to describe what happened. That seems a little narcissistic and presumptuous for a sex therapist, but okay. Why is it that I keep hearing about sex therapists over the past few years? I mean, sure, people get raped and have awful experiences that they need to work through, but I've seen so many freaking sex therapist YouTube channels that it's crazy. And most of them are just talking about how you should try anal sex. I don't want to talk about anal sex. (laughs) I, I don't either. The article also states regarding the fat positivity moment that she considers how sizeism is affected by racism, misogyny, classism, homophobia, transphobia, and ableism. She also counsels people against intentional weight loss. Holy buzzword salad, Batman. How are any of those related to the medical consensus that obesity is unhealthy and will cause nothing but health issues in your life? Also, how could she advise her clients to do something that may be detrimental to their health? How is that even ethical? Would it help if I told you that since she was big, as well as the eldest child, it made her feel less like a girl growing up? No. None of this helps. How does fat affect gender? What kind of person tries to talk people out of losing weight and being healthier? Not a healthy one. What if I told you that she traces contemporary fat phobia to colonial brutality and how enslaved people were treated? I would say she's delusional. 
What parallels could possibly be drawn between the treatments of slaves and how society perceives obesity? Fat people aren't scooped up and sold to the highest bidder. Fat people, as far as I can tell, aren't whipped for non-compliance or various other reasons. I can sympathize with a fat person, you know, being upset if they're called a name or fat shamed or something like that, but I don't think that compares to what slaves endured. I mean, maybe she was beaten with a salami as a child. Maybe she was traumatized by a banana split at some point. You're a healthy person. You work out and do garbage like that regularly. Do you think that there's any truth to the idea that obese people can be healthy as a horse? No. I believe they may be as healthy as a sedentary hippo, though. That's racist. I'm sorry. I don't know what came over me. Get over yourself, fat-shaming colonizer. So, you know I was sort of a cop once, right? I try to block that out. I was a good cop, though. <laughs> I almost got that out without throwing up. You know, we actually haven't talked about cops too much on the show yet. We haven't thanked them for their service or talked about our love for them. And we never will. Well, they finally caught a bad cop on video doing bad things. Oh, you mean in 1991 when they beat Rodney King on camera? Nope. Oh, so you mean when they beat Kelly Thomas to death in 2011? Strike two. Oh, you're talking about when they shot and killed Daniel Shaver in a hotel hallway for pulling up his pants? Good God, man. I get it. This one is newer, though. Oh, okay, so this isn't about Eric Garner or Philando Castile. Are you going to let me talk? It's not about Waco? No! God, way to make this seem much less interesting. Waco wasn't even police, those were the feds. Yeah, yeah, and Canadian bacon isn't pork. Well, here's the story. A Florida cop was caught planting drugs on unsuspecting motorists. Deputy Zach Wester has been arrested on suspicion of 52 counts of planting meth and other street drugs on motorists. Internal Affairs were watching this a-hole for nine months before they arrested him. 52 counts is a lot. Is that like one per person? No, that's spread over 11 different people. He's being charged with false imprisonment, fabricating evidence, and possession of a controlled substance. Well, that serves him, right? So check this out. He would pull over these people for minor traffic infractions and then plant little baggies of meth on them. He would also deliberately switch off his body camera while he did it so he wouldn't be caught. What's more suspicious than shutting off your body camera for a short period and then magically finding drugs on someone? I saw one of the videos from when he forgot to shut it off, and he had these cute little perfect baggies of meth to drop in people's cars. Internal Affairs reviewed 300 cases involving Wester and ended up dropping charges in 120 of them. That's almost half. Holy crap. And he may get up to 13 and a half years in prison for this. The sentence is, you know, up to the judge. Oh, so he's going to get community service? Or maybe he'll get a payout. Hey, speaking of, I found another story that pissed me off. That earlier story you mentioned, the gunning down of Daniel Shaver in Arizona... The shooter that killed him for his sagging basketball shorts was in a recent headline. You mean the guy whose gun said, you're f***ed, written on the side? The same. His name is Philip Mitchell Brailsford. Damn Phillips. <laughs> if you don't remember the shooting, it was caught on video. According to the police and witnesses, Mr. Shaver had brought a pellet gun and was showing it to his friend. Some wonderful, concerned citizen saw it through the window and called the cops. The video starts with Mr. Shaver coming out of the room with another person. The cop barked orders at him and gave him conflicting directions, like cross your legs, put your hands up, crawl towards me, don't reach for anything, put your hands down and crawl, put your hands up, etc. Mr. Shaver was very compliant. 
He tries to do everything that the officer was screaming at him. The problem was that he was wearing a long pair of basketball shorts that went below his knees. Have you ever worn a pair of those? I have. They do not like to stay up when you crawl. And they didn't stay up. Tell me, dear Cameron, what do you do when your pants fall down? You pull them up. Do you often think about that when you do it? No. I mean, it's honestly almost an automatic response. Right. And as they dropped, he tried to pull them up without thinking. And Brailsford shot him multiple times. <sighs> I mean, unfortunately, I've seen the video. It was senseless and completely the fault of the officers. I agree. Brailsford was let go and is no longer a cop. But he was completely let off the hook when it came to the murder. I know. I mean, it's, it's absolutely awful. Is that why he's in the news? Not at all. Apparently, shooting an unarmed person causes PTSD. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that makes sense. I could see that being true. So Brailsford petitioned to be rehired by the city so that he could apply to get a pension and retire. Tell me they said no. Of course they didn't. His lawyer cited the murder as the reason that he has PTSD so that he can get a little over $2,500 a month for the rest of his life. Also, they agreed to pay up to $3 million to cover his defense in the trial and to pay his settlements. Holy crap. Oh, yeah. And he, the city even agreed to give him a neutral recommendation for employment for any future job he applies for. I bet that that makes you proud that you're in Arizona. Usually, I'll say something like the heat here can make you crazy, but I think it's just made these bastards evil. No justice and paid off in full for the rest of his life. We couldn't even make that up. I wouldn't even want to. Oh, one last thing. This past Sunday, I woke up and I checked Twitter. You know, I'm really glad you're on top of that, and I'm glad that I don't have to. You should, though. I mean, you really are missing out. You know I'm not going to, but what did you find out? I found a tweet from Rand Paul. He'd put up a picture of himself and Trump on the golf course. The caption was, Amazing day with Donald Trump. Together we will shrink government in wars, and spend money at home and not abroad. Hashtag mega. Cool. I like when someone tells the president that the government should be smaller and that we should end wars. Yeah, me too. That was my first response. Then I kept scrolling. I thought you knew that if you want to be happy, you need to stop scrolling. I mean, I, I agree. But as I scrolled, I saw this picture a few more times. Several no-name libertarians were complaining or calling Rand a traitor for this photo with Trump. That seems dumb. Yep. But then I saw the tweet that made me feel like I needed to say something. Uh, one from Sarwark. That dude hates the Pauls. Am I right? Tell me I'm right. And if I'm right, do I get a prize? You are correct. Nice. What did that dink have to say? Not much. He simply retweeted the photo and wrote, Presented without comment. What a little weasel. What problem could he have with that? Honestly, I don't even know. It might be that he said something about spending money at home or... That that he used the mega hashtag, but it definitely raised my ire. Well, tell me what's bothering you. You know that I'm here for you. I just get a tad bit annoyed when I see libertarians crying about a photo of Rand with the president. I'm guessing this is some sort of purity test. So before I start down this road, I feel like I should say that the state is immoral and illegitimate and shouldn't exist. Agreed. <sighs> what have I always said about Donald Trump and his principles? That he doesn't have any and that he isn't grounded in that way. Yep. And due to his lack of principles, he often functions out of instinct or intuition. Sometimes this has been good, sometimes this has been bad. I mean, there are several tweets that he's sent out in the past that show this. He tweeted about not going to war with Syria, Iran, etc. Th those are pretty good instincts. 
I mean, yeah, it's it's very, very obvious that he also takes in counsel. Some of the decisions that he's made, you know, like choosing not to murder 150 people in Iran for losing a drone, are I mean, those are very clearly due to having the right person in his ear at the right moment. Which I'd like to see more of. Oh, yeah, me too. I mean, war is the most important issue when it comes to the presidency. They routinely make war. This means dead children, dead innocents, dead Americans, and far more money stolen from us and sent to pay for the carnage. Rand Paul's a pragmatist. This has never been in dispute. He's never been a strict Rothbardian, and he's never claimed anything other than being libertarian-ish. I mean, unless I've missed something. He's trying to be a part of the system and do what he can where he can, for better or worse. Right, and you know, not everyone uses the same strategy when it comes to liberty. I mean, we blather on and make jokes. He's attacking the state from a different angle. I mean, in, the, in this tweeted photo, Paul's first goal with Trump is that he wants to shrink government. Personally, I'd love to see the government shrink. I'd rather see it burnt to the ground and the, see the earth salted. But I don't think shrinking the Leviathan is a bad idea. I mean, even if it is improbable. I'd say that's a noble goal. We just want a little more gusto. The second goal is to end wars. And let me repeat that. Rand's goal that he stated, his goal with the president, is to end wars. I mean, as I said, the president listens to counsel on this. Would you rather have Bolton and Pompeo in this dummy's ear? Or would you rather have Paul, who wants to end wars? Please no more, Bolton. Please. And finally, his third goal is to spend money. That's gross. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't want to be robbed and have my money used to buy overpriced crap here or abroad. But this, unfortunately, is what the right wants to hear. I would be happier if he'd left that line off or said something like, stop spending money overseas. But he can't, though. He wants to be reelected. I mean, Rand Paul is far from perfect. He's a pragmatist, like I said before. He still believes in the institution of government in some way. He wishes to fix it rather than abolish it. In that way, he's actually kind of like the LP. I mean, that's pretty gross to me, but somehow there are people out there who praise the LP, and some that even run the LP, but they can't give that same kind of consideration to Paul just because he has an R next to his name. Let's be honest. The LP is toothless, have no way to change anything, struggles to stay relevant, and routinely attacks other libertarians or people like Paul in order to keep themselves in the news cycle and thought about. Paul, on the other hand, has the ear of the president. He could sway his instincts to stop the endless war in Afghanistan or the destruction of the people in Yemen. If we have a chance of having less war, that's what we want, right? I mean, as libertarians, we want peace. I mean, that's what I thought. But I see a lot of weak libertarians flexing at Paul for putting up a photo of himself with the president while saying that he wants to end wars. I mean, maybe the virtue signalers should just shut the hell up and be grateful that someone is telling Trump to end some wars. This isn't even mentioning the fact that that Nancy Lindsey Graham tweeted a similar photo with him and Rand and Trump in it and tweeted, really enjoyed playing golf with President Trump, Rand Paul, and Senator David Perdue. Reminded President Trump how dumb it was for President Obama to ignore sound military advice by pulling us out of Iraq and creating ISIS. I am certain President Trump will be much smarter than the last administration. You know, that little tranny needs to shut his warmongering little mouth. 
Rand replied, proving my point, proud that Donald Trump and I argued with you against endless wars. The president made it clear to all of us at the table, we are getting out of the Middle East quagmire. We've been there too long. It's time to bring the troops home. Good. I'm glad he shut that cuck up. The libertarian dorks reeing about this can do what they want. We're not going to tell them what to do. They can screech about it all they want. I just hope that we, you know, can end some wars, and I hope that Rand Paul playing golf with Trump and having his ear can help that happen. That's my hope, buddy. That's my hope. All right, folks, thank you for having a bit of fun with us and joining us on this adventure into the madness that is our world. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon at ThisIsMLGA. If you'd like to send us an email, you can reach us at ThisIsMLGA at gmail.com. Hit us up, subscribe, and make sure to rate us on iTunes. It helps us grow and guarantees new episodes. And don't forget to check out the rest of the MLGA network. We're a small and scrappy group of libertarians that share all of the best liberty podcasts on MLGANetwork.com. Make sure to check that out. We'll even have more original shows coming someday, someday, when I get my butt moving. We're happy to be here, and we're happy you're with us. Stay sane.